Good morning everybody, it is Wednesday, 31st of March, end of the month, and we had a bit of shenanigans yesterday, our market at one point was up 37 and it closed down 61, and you are led to believe that might be a bit of end of month shenanigans, there is a thing called window dressing if you don't know what that is, which is where institutions are thought to manipulate some of the share prices of their stocks, of course it's illegal and they don't do it, but but window dressing is thought to create a bit of activity at the end of the month where institutions just tickle a few share prices up of the stocks they hold and the stocks they are underweight they tickle down do some selling because at the end of the quarter they are crystallizing share prices their portfolios and their performance for their quarterly reports and so they want to tidy them up and make them look good for those reports anyway that is the theory it is thought to be an activity some institutions involve themselves in particularly in mid-cap stocks where they can move the share price in the last few days of the reporting period but of course it is illegal and it doesn't happen anyway end of the month and a bit of shenanigans yesterday and today it's all reversed anyway we had the Dow Jones down 104 spy futures this morning up 56 and our market behaving very nicely it's been up 88 up 77 at the moment with performance across the board BHP and Rio up 2% 2.3 and 1.9% and all the banks up a percent or so CBA up 1.7% and the abiding theme overnight yet again is rising interest rates the the 10-year bond yield in the US hit 1.77% which is the highest for is it over a year it's come off a little bit from the top but interest rates are still going up and I've put in a chart today of the bank sector in the strategy piece, a chart of the bank sector with the 10-year bond yield, the Australian 10-year bond yield overlaid. And for those of you that haven't seen it, this is a 10-year chart also. The correlation between the bank sector and interest rates is very high and the recent rise in interest rates has meant the bank sector has been the best performing well it's not necessarily the best performing it is a sector in a obvious uptrend when the rest of the market has started to go sideways we've got results coming up of course for the banks and I've put a little calendar in there for you. Bank of Queensland on April 15th, Westpac May the 3rd, ANZ May the 5th, NAB May the 6th. And they should be telling us that they are going to be normalizing dividends. So the dividends should be bigger. The payout ratios higher, higher hopefully than the CBAs with their February results. And maybe we'll see an earnings upgrade cycle begin as well as those results come out, as interest rates rise, as margins widen. And as the regulatory persecution, which has plagued them over the last three or four years, as well as tighter lending restrictions and APRA capital requirements, all back off a little bit, hopefully the sector can continue to perform. Watch out if interest rates do peak out, though, the sector will probably lose momentum. But ahead of results and dividends, especially if the dividends include these higher payout ratios, ahead of results and dividends, most investors who are income hungry, 
it will not be selling ahead of those results in the beginning of May, at the beginning of May. The Arcagus, I've learned how to pronounce it now, the Arcagus hedge fund issue in the US continues to bubble in the background in the media, but it doesn't seem to be upsetting the market too much. This family office is a $10 billion fund, but it seems to have, through its swaps and its leverage, seems to have created 6 to $10 billion worth of losses for the investment banks, the counterparties to their swaps. That's Nomura and Credit Suisse mostly. Nomura down 3% overnight. So the worst of it seems to be over, but it has kicked up a fuss about family offices in the US. Family offices run around $6 trillion in the US. And because of their status as family offices, they operate without the SEC oversight of a normal fund manager, but obviously they have been taking excessive risk. And the last thing the SEC wants to see is a long-term capital management LTCM style event where investment banks take big losses, suddenly become a counterparty risk for the other investment banks, and then you have a GFC style event. Anyway, it looks like we're going to survive that this time around, but obviously a bit of an eye opener on just how the market can blow up without any obvious warning at any time if businesses make big losses. Right, I've got a bit of an educational piece today in the strategy section. Well, before I go into that, there are a few other little market things you might want to know. We should hear tonight from the Biden administration some details of their two-stage stimulus package worth $4 trillion, which will be led by infrastructure and backed up by $3 billion worth of tax increases or funded by tax increases. U.S. house prices up 11% year on year, and I think the core logic spokesman was talking about Australian house prices and how strong they've been in the last few months since November and how he expects them to go up 10% in the year ahead. There is some concerns in the US about a new vaccine being needed in the next in a year's time in order to handle the new variants. The Transurban Westgate tunnels being postponed till 2024 and Suncorp have taken two. Th- million worth of losses from floods, but the share price is up 1% today. Another stock flying along at the moment, Unibel Rodamco had its annual report out. It was up, I think, 5% yesterday, 6% today. Seems to be coming off the bottom. We looked through all the travel stocks, which have had a bit of a pause recently and are looking pretty healthy today. And the trend in all of them is still pretty good. So we are sticking with our travel bet at the moment. Lithium stocks flying flying today, by the way. Right, uh, back to our educational piece in the strategy section today and I've put in a table of all the all all the stocks in the Alltech index which was interesting me just to see how top heavy it is the top 5 stocks account for 53% of the Alltech index and the top 10 stocks 69% so dominated obviously by Afterpay Zero REA Group Seek and WiseTech and Afterpay is 18% of the sector and I've put a chart in of the Alltech sector which has only been around since March last year but it's had a 20.5% correction in the last month or so, which of course has been a follow the leader correction after the Nasdaq fell 12%, and it's now going along sideways. Now, the interesting thing was I was looking through the 
research. I was particularly trying to look at zero. I'll come to that later. There was a buy signal on zero yesterday. But I was looking through all the all tech, all the major all tech stocks and looking through their research. And I've put the broker research summaries for 15 of the biggest all tech stocks in the strategy piece today. And you'll see in all of them, or all the ones I've featured anyway, every single broker target price is below the current share price. So on next DC, it looks like a raging buy. The average broker target price is 34% below, sorry, 34% above the current share price. IDP Education, 28% above the current share price. Car sales, 27%. Altium, 30%. Domain Holdings, 17%. Appen, 45%. These are the, the average broker target price compared to the current share price. So all the brokers are telling us that the stocks are effectively undervalued at the moment. Email payments, 17%. The average broker target price, 17% above the current share price. Iris, 21%. Kogan, 47%. Phineas, 13%. Temple and Webster, 33%. Nearmap, 45%. Megaport, 32%. Infomedia, 44%. Ordinate, AD8, 44%. And the lesson here, if you were to just go and look at the broker research, you would, or it suggests that every one of the Alltech stocks are, almost not everyone actually, that most of the Alltech stocks are hugely undervalued and you should be buying them. But what I have to tell you, there are a few lessons from this undervaluation look of the sector is that when the sector or all the almost all the research was updated in February with the results and of course since then there's been a 20% correction in the sector so the target price or the share price when all the research was written in a lot of cases was higher and what has happened of course is because the share prices have corrected and the research is written a month ago or six weeks ago with the results season or in the middle of the results season the share price of fallen, suddenly every stock becomes cheap looking. And it's a lesson in broker research that target prices tend to gravitate towards the share price when the research was written. And so when the share prices fall, suddenly everything looks cheap. And that tells you that research can only really be believed on the day it was written. It can become stale. And if a share price falls a lot and the research isn't updated, everything becomes a buy. And if, re if share prices at the same time, if they rise a lot after research is written, it makes all the stocks look like a sell. So always have a look at the date that research was written and the share price movement since. And there are a few other things you should know as well. There's something called herding, herding of consensus estimates. When brokers are writing research about companies that are hard to value, so something like Afterpay is hard to value. The earnings are, well, it's loss making. So it's very hard to come up with a justification for the current share price, but you don't want to tell everyone to sell because you know there's a lot of business in the stock to be had and you don't want to upset the company in case it does a capital raising. So brokers are fearful of standing out from the crowd with some fundamentally based negative target price. So when they don't know, what they tend to do is, as I say, have a target price close to the current share price 
And for brokers, the truth of the matter is the tendency or the bias is to optimism, to have target price above the current share price. Then you can put a buy recommendation on. Then you're appealing to everybody in the world rather than a sell recommendation only appeals to the current shareholders. So you're going to do more business with a buy recommendation. And when brokers don't know what target price to put on or what earnings number to put on, they do tend to herd to everyone else's forecast or herd to the consensus. And it is rather a perverse truth that the more unpredictable a company's earnings numbers are or target price is or valuation is, the more likely it is for the consensus estimates to have a very narrow range because as soon as somebody puts out a a target price or an earnings forecast, everyone else adopts it because they don't really know what to do. Herding to the mean target prices herd to whoever puts the flag up first and if no one does it they herd to the share price and so the the all tech sector looking like a buy is simply a reflection of the fact that most of the share price have fallen since the results were the research was written after the results now one interesting analyst that stands out and i don't know who they are but on afterpay ubs's analyst is clearly not influenced by the herd and has a target price to the 64 sorry, 64% below the current share price when the average target price is way higher than the current share price. So the average target price is 21% above the current share price. UBS, 64% below the current share price. And they've done the same thing on zero as well. Their target price is 36% below the current share price when most people have got target price above the current. Another couple of things you should know about broker research. Every company has a broker, usually the company that handled the IPO or has done the most recent capital raising. As I went through all the research in the all tech sector today, some stocks just stood out with only one broker doing research and the target price is well above the current share price. These brokers are doing an investor relations job. It is implicit in taking a fee off a company for a capital raising that you support the share price and keep people interested, encourage their shareholders to hold on and encourage other people to buy. So they are investor relations roles rather than honest broker roles. So where you see one broker with a buy recommendation and a high target price, it's you can pretty much guarantee that is the broker to the company. It doesn't mean the research is rubbish. Those brokers usually know more about the company than anybody else. So go and have a read of the research, but don't necessarily believe the recommendation or target price. And if you find a company that has one broker writing research and the share price is isn't significantly above the current share price, watch out. If the broker to the company can't recommend it, then there's obviously something wrong. Finally, in the strategy piece today, I have given you a link to the article I wrote fairly recently called Stock Market Lies, which is also in the Money Magazine this month, which just came out yesterday or the day before. But have a read of that. Might amuse you. Right, that's about it. The market is behaving itself. We are up 86 As I leave you, US market not doing much. Dow futures up six, bit of a yawn. End of the month, seems like we're rolling into the end of the month quite nicely. Often what happens at the end of the month is in the last 10 10 minutes in the auction period at the end of the market, when the market closes between four and 4.10, the market often moves significantly in those last few seconds of the quarter. So you might watch out for that today. Otherwise, you have yourself a fabulous day and I will speak to you tomorrow.